0: The following program is a podcast1.com production. He's a world champion wrestler, best selling author, actor, and lead singer of Fozzie. Now, now he's rocking the podcast world. Yay! This, this, this is Talk is Jericho. Talk is Jericho, starring Chris Jericho. Welcome to Talk is Jericho, the pot of the now. and rock and roll. The boredom you're under will be saved by Chris Jericho. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, boy. The People's Podcast has arrived. Let's go for a ride. go <laughs> Scoum little spoon little little bow. Woo Little bit of Live Wire Fozzie covered Live Wire on her very first record that came out way back in the year two thousand In the year two thousand there's gonna be some spaceships and aliens are coming for you. I think that's a song from the 60s, by the Strawberry Alarm Clock, called In the Year 2000, and if it's not, I just made it up. Today, Black Label Society, Zach Wild, and he's wild. He's a wild and crazy guy. He's coming up. Zach and the rest of his pack, the Black Label Society, has a new album out now called Catacombs of the Black Vatican. Check it out. Go buy it on Amazon through the link on Talk is Jericho, of course, plus Black Label is on the road right now. I saw them over the past couple weeks in Carolina Rebellion. Hung out with Zach there. Hung out with uh, with Zach also at Rockin' the Range the other day where Fozzie played both those shows. We kicked this proverbial arse's eight. They're on tour right now with Down and my buddies in the Butcher Babies as part of the uh, Catacombs of the Black Vatican Tour, sponsored by Revolver. We're going to talk about everything with Zach, including his time with Ozzy Osbourne. Funny story, I've been trying to track down Zach to do my show for uh, a couple months because I knew that the Catacombs was about ready to come out. His schedule busy, my schedule always busy as well. Couldn't seem to get it together. Wanted to do the interview in person, but it just didn't work out. So finally, I got a call that Zach's available on a Monday morning at 11 a.m. I drove over to the studio in Tampa. Uh, Zach called in. We talked for an hour. uh, As you'll hear the interview, great time laughing. So many great stories. Been one of my best friends for years and years and years. Finally, we hang up. Uh, You know, great time. A couple hours later, I'm looking on Instagram and I see Heidi from the Butcher Babies. Uh, posting some pictures from Tampa. And I'm like, why are the Butcher Babies in Tampa? They're touring with Black Label Society. So then, of course, I go online and look up Black Label Society tour dates. And guess where Zach was when I talked to him for an hour? In Tampa. Guess where I was? In Tampa. He was 10 minutes away from me on his tour bus. I could have driven there and done the whole thing in person. But two idiots, Zach and I, dumb and dumber, too stupid to realize that we were both in the same city talking on the phone to do this interview. But it was still a great interview. You're going to laugh. You're going to cry. You're going to play some pings. Wow. But before we get started, I just want to give another big thank you to you guys for checking out my sponsors. Supporting them means I get to keep doing this show for you for free for twice a week. And I want to keep it that way. It's the way I like it. I know you do too. So the easiest way to keep it free is Go to podcast1.com. that's my home for Talk is Jericho, podcastone.com, and click on the Keep Our Podcasts Free banner at the top of the page. That will take you to Talk is Jericho, and links as well to all of my Sexy Beast sponsors, including Amazon. All the Amazon links are there as well, for the UK, for Amazon Canada, and everybody's going to Amazon, Amazon USA. <laughs> <laughs> so, go to podcastone.com, click on the Keep Our Podcasts Free banner at the top of the page, then click on Talk is Jericho to find all of my great sponsors So, I've got a couple days off from tour. Uh, the Fozzie Tour rolls on. We've got a lot of cool things coming up, played a lot of great shows, including Carolina Rebellion probably play in front of 20,000 people and it shows like that. That just make you, uh, it, it, it's kind of makes everything worthwhile. I mean, being away from home is never easy. Some shows you do are bigger than others. Carolina rebellion was one of my favorite shows that we've ever had, uh, for our entire career. 20,000 people. They knew our songs lights go out, got a huge reaction. Uh, do you want to start a war? Song that we've been opening the set with that no one's ever even really heard yet, unless you've been listening to Bootlegs. Also, got a huge reaction, as well as Enemy, as well as God Pounds His Nails, as well as Sandpaper. So, it's been a great uh, uh, last three or four weeks. We are still rolling. The Fuzzy Train is still rolling, a rock and rolling Wednesday, May 21st, Little Rock, Arkansas, at Juanita's. May 22nd in Birmingham, Alabama, Iron City with Buck Cherry. May 23rd in the Atlanta Prefecture, Duluth, Georgia, Wild Bills, also with Buck Cherry. May 25th, Beckley, West Virginia at Munchies. May 26th in Connell Lake, Pennsylvania at the Beach Club with Buck Cherry. May 27th in Oneonta, New York City, uh, sorry, Oneonta, New York State at the Oneonta Theater, also with Buck Cherry, May 28th in New York City at Idle Hands on 25th Avenue down in uh, in, in Manhattan area. You will get to hear the new Fozzie record in its entirety. Listening party for the new Fozzie record, May 28th in New York City at Idle Hands. For more information, Google it, and if you are a Fozzie fan, you are not going to want to miss out. You're going to hear the record two months before anybody else. It's going to be a great, great experience. Come on down and check it out. Then May 30th, Huntington, New York, Long Island area at the Paramount with Buck Cherry. May 31st, Philadelphia, Pennsylvania, Xfinity Live with Buck Cherry. Then June 14th, main stage of Download. I know, I know. There's going to be probably 75,000 people there. Come check out Fozzie main stage Lincoln Park. Killswitch Engaged. Fallout Boy, that's all on the Saturday when we play on Friday Night is Avenged Sevenfold. Rob Zombie. Sunday Night Aerosmith, so many other amazingly great, super spectacular bands. And then don't forget June 12th and June 15th. It's London is Jericho. That's my spoken word Q&A, tap dance extravaganza. It's at the Leicester Square Theater in London, June 12th and June 15th. Look for all of that info online. Just Google London is Jericho and you'll find it all. Or go to the Twitter at I am Jericho at Fozzy rock. And of course at talk is Jericho where I get a chance to talk to all of you. You call in, you ask me questions, lots of cool stuff going on. Uh, speaking of cool stuff, something I want to talk about. I was watching the, uh, billboard music awards the other day and they had the Michael Jackson hologram where he was, uh, performing his new song, slave to the rhythm. Now, cool song, by the way. First of all, it's weird that they've had two Michael Jackson records now that have come out posthumously after his death. How much material was Michael working on that was never released? And it's also kind of a drag because as good as some of these new songs are, you know they would have been so much better if Michael would have had a chance to tinker with them and get them exactly the way he wanted to. But um, it's kind of that Jimi Hendrix thing or the Tupac. Like, How many albums of material are they going to find out there of of michael kind of half finished riffs that producers can take and then build their own songs around them but also this hologram thing really f- uh blew my mind i don't know if you saw it it was kind of like a computer video game version of michael jackson a cgi version of michael jackson and he basically sang and danced his new uh song so i'm sure it took him a while to program it but it opens up a, a lot of can of worms. Like I thought, it was great. It was really cool to see, and just seeing those moves—like only Michael can dance like that. And even though it wasn't really him, it was definitely based on him. You know, you could tell that it was programmed around him. But my question is: Could they take that on tour? You know, could they take Michael Jackson on the road and put together the entire hologram Michael Jackson set? Have him go out there and do 18 songs and with all the special effects and everything? I mean, I would probably go. You know, and it was also kind of mid '90s, Michael, before he really started getting. Uh, I, I was so strange looking. Um, so, c- you know, could you do that, and then it opens up a whole other box? Could you send Queen on tour with Freddie Mercury? Could you do Elvis? You know, and it would probably be '67 comeback Elvis, not '74 uh, Vegas Elvis. You want to go for the kind of the classic version? How about the Beatles? Beatles from 1964 world tour. I mean, it's not as crazy as, as it might sound. Think about it. They played like House of Blues type places, or even bigger. People would go. You know, Randy Rhodes live on stage. I mean, obviously, it couldn't be Ozzy with Randy because Ozzy's still around. But what about in twenty years or so, uh, if Ozzy is not around anymore? Just think. I mean, the possibility Leonard Skinner, the classic lineup, or, I mean, there's just so many ways you could go in this direction. Stevie Ray Vaughan live in concert. And if they took, I mean, really great performance, I mean, you know how they do, like, they can do, or they did do, it was like a Guitar Hero. Remember how they would kind of program in Slash or Tom Morello or they did the Beatles rock band. And last night, the Michael Jackson thing, or, or the other night, it was so real looking that I can see them taking on the road. People, of course, would, 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 you know, complain about it. You know, Michael was one of a kind and he should, you know, let him rest. But generations from now, we'll never know what it's like to see a Michael Jackson show. And I'm almost wondering if it would be a kind of a cool thing to have this fact sim- simile. And if you don't think it would work, look at all the Elvis impersonators. Look at all the Michael impersonators, all the Beatlemania bands. People want to see those shows and those people playing. So what if you just did an all-out hologram of, the, of those guys in their prime years? Would people pay to see it? I think they would. I think they'd pay a lot of money to see it. I know I would, especially, like I said, the Beatles, Michael Jackson, Queen, Elvis. I guess it'd be easy to do the solo performers rather than the actual um, you know, bands, unless everybody in the band was gone. So it's, it's something to think. What do you think about? What do you think about that? Let me know how you felt about the Michael Jackson hologram performance at the Billboard Music Awards. And is it something that you could see taking over in the future? Would people pay money to go see Michael Jackson live in concert and see a full Michael Jackson show? Hit me up on the Twitter at Talk Is Jericho and let me know what you think. Now Zach Wilde is coming up, like I said, but first. Talk is Jericho. I'm on the line right now. The Berserker, the sexiest ass in rock and roll, Zach Wilde is here. Yes,
1: I am.
0: <laughs> Woo!
1: Oh my.
0: I am so excited. Yeah. I didn't mean to interrupt you practicing your CC Deville scales this morning.
1: Oh, it's my Rip Taylor activities.
0: <laughs> Rip Taylor. Rip Taylor should have been a rock star man. He could have been like totally in uh in like Kaja Goo or something.
1: Him and Paul Lind should have started a band. <laughs>
0: <laughs> How did anybody know not know that Paul Lind was gay?
1: He was awesome. His <laughs> his it, awesomeness
2: just surpassed gay. He was just awesome.
0: <laughs> Dude, um, I I know you're just driving. I think you were just up in Florida. We were there on uh, Saturday. You played yesterday uh, supporting the brand new Opus, huge success, Catacombs.
1: Yes. Oh, Father Chris, the whole thing is the number five overall got me the shoulder rub from The Warden. Uh The the, the number one rock record definitely got me the footsie rub. (laughs) So it was. uh, It was it was thoroughly enjoyed.
0: <laughs> what do you have to do to get the happy ending at this point?
1: Well, probably.
0: Uh,
1: I don't think that's ever going to happen. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Catacombs of the Black Vatican is the new Black Label Society record, and I mean, I know that the the last record uh, Order of the Black also debuted really high. I mean, you got to be pretty happy after all these years of. You know, uh, working with Black Label, that now you're getting kind of this major success of all these amazing chart positions. It's been a long time coming for you.
1: Oh, well, I mean, it just goes to show you, you know, I mean, the power of payola, ice sculptures, hookers, and uh, <laughs> and pen steroids, and Kimmy <laughs> Kardashian Quick Trim, what it can achieve. And, uh, <laughs> but, uh, no, I mean, it just goes to show you that, you know, I mean, obviously, you know, over the years, I mean, our, our Black Label family's getting bigger and stronger every day with the use of steroids and Kimmy Kardashian quit trim and Viagra
0: there's actually a, i think there's actually a free sample in every copy of catacombs of, of, of the black vatican you get a free sample of the Kim Kardashian uh trim up program
1: yes and the Viagra so you're out uh, with a boner all
2: day <laughs> great
0: <laughs> did you ever find i mean i know for me uh, finally turning the corner after years of playing in fozzy but it's like oh that's a wrestler band and you have to kind of prove yourself doubly did you have a little bit of that when you first left Ozzy uh, and started black label? was there people that were just like, oh come on Zach, go back to Ozzy, go back to Ozzy. and now they're finally well, understanding how good black label is yeah, on yeah. well
1: I mean you know I mean even with, with you know Saint Dime over there when he was starting with the damage plan thing you know as I mm-hmm. was just back like I said well, welcome back to the band you know what I mean because it's just like they just assume. You know, I mean, the same thing with Ozzy. They just assume, oh, well, Ozzy was in Black Sabbath. So wait, 100 people go to the show. So I guess, right. minim- I guess minimal, what, 50 people will go. <laughs> and it's like, no, it doesn't work that way, dude. And I'm, I'm just saying, like, you know, I mean, with either, you know, just out on the Gigantor, you had Father Newstead out there, Father Draymond out there, Father Vincenzo out there,
2: mm-hmm. you know,
1: between Hell Yeah and Davy with the device thing. And, you know, like, people are just like, oh, it's, oh, the guy from Disturbed. Like, they didn't even know Dave, they thought it was just a band device. Like, people are like, I didn't know Dave was in Disturbed. Oh, yeah. Like, people just
2: assume,
1: you know, Father Newstead's out there, and they're just like, oh, Jason's got a band. Oh, I didn't even know he was singing. Like, people don't even know. So, I mean, I'm just saying, it really, as much as you just figure, oh, well, you know, Chris is wrestling. You know, Chris is in front of millions of people. Every, you know, SmackDown or whatever it is, it's like, what's what's the viewership there? I don't know, 685 billion people. (laughs) So you figure, oh, we'll sell half of the records, and I guess maybe 385 billion people will be buying, you know, half of the WWE crowd. It doesn't doesn't work that way, dude. And uh, I mean, like, all right, after no more tears with all the success of that. You know, you figure, all right, well, we're going to start pride and glory. I guess you're going to sell lots. It's like, no, dude, you're in a van again, and you're cruising around. It's a, it's a brand new band. I mm-hmm. remember, you know, the same thing with Dime when we when we started the Damage Plan thing. It's like, oh, I guess all the Pantera fans are going to start buying the record. It's like, no, doesn't work that way, dude. So I mean, and I mean, it really is like, you know, I guess for some of these guys, it's like a real rude awakening call. I mean, me, me I didn't mind, like, you know, at all. I mean, because mm-hmm. I, I love playing. So I mean, whether I'm in a van. Well, we're in an eighty thousand dollar a month four bus. Yeah, I mean, it's just mm-hmm. to me, it's like uh, I'll, I'll sleep in a van. I, I couldn't care less because I mean, it's just about me and you getting up on stage and having a blast and,
2: and yeah, but playing. A good
1: time. Yeah, man, love because you love music. So I mean, but the whole thing is, uh, yeah. For some of these other guys, though, I mean, I've seen it before. I'm, I'm, I mean, it's a it's a beyond rude wake up call, man. <laughs> so, I mean, well, no, because they're like, this is this sucks. What the but you know, I mean, it's like no, they don't even know, dude. Yeah, no one knows. I mean, I've even gotten people come up and they just go, "Dude, I didn't know you were the singer of Blackway." To this day. Oh, really? Yeah, man, it's just like, dude, I didn't know you were singing the band. I was just like that, yeah. and they go, when are you going to get a new singer Cause you?"
0: <laughs> it's amazing though, because people will hear like you know Black Label Society for years or Fozzie for years, and maybe not even check it out, and now finally they're checking it out, and like you said, and realizing well, Zach Wild's actually the singer of the band. Um, with all the sacrifices that you've paid, and just getting the name of Black Label out there, uh, it takes a while to do that.
1: Well, I mean, it also, I mean, Barb throws her, you know, the immortal beloved throws her hat in the ring, you know, she sleeps with as many guys as she can at sure, right. not, not home. And, you know, a lot of guys are like, dude, I slept with Zach Wild's wife. I didn't know he had a band.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I don't even know who this Zach Wild is, but he's got a hot wife, and I slept with her.
1: And she's awesome in the sack.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I remember um, we played Uproar a couple years ago. It was the first arena show Fozzie ever had. It was uh, in Calgary, the Saddledome. And they didn't have a dressing room for us, so we were kind of changing in the crew room where like all the uh, you know the guys who sell popcorn and stuff go in there and put their uniforms on. And one what? of the guys was like, oh my God, you're Chris Jericho. Don't you have a private dressing room? And I'm like, not here, man, not here. Now move over and give me some of that popcorn. You know, but like, like you said, people.
1: No, you, said, no, you said they give that to CM Pauls now. Yeah.
0: <laughs> you know, if I was in the WWE, I'd have it. But with Fozzie in the Saddledome, I'm changing with the mascot, you know, putting on the giant dog costume <laughs> or whatever <laughs> <forget>. it
1: is. <laughs> yeah, but, you know, I mean, really, when you break it down, though, know, it's like it's so safe because I just laugh. You know, it doesn't matter how big your house gets or anything like that. I just always laugh with Barbara and I go, it's like we were when we were, when I first showed us when we had an apartment, I go, we still hang out in the kitchen, the TV room, and that's pretty much about it. And <laughs> yeah. you, you go to bed, maybe, you know what I mean? But, like, it doesn't matter how big, you, you know, house is this gigantic mansion, you're still in the TV room <laughs> and, the kitchen, <laughs> yeah. and you go to bed, so...
0: Yeah. The only thing that happens when you have a bigger house is you you get yelled at because if your wife says something to you in like, you know, room number one and you're in room number five on the other side of the house, I always get in trouble. And it's like, you can't get mad at me. I can't hear you. I can't. If I can't hear you, you can't get mad at me. You know? Oh,
1: you'll hear it.
0: <laughs> <laughs> you'll never stop hearing about it. Um, I was going to say, I mean, it, the crowds you've been playing to, I saw some of your Instagram, and you're a great Instagrammer, by the way. You really uh, enjoy your Instagram.
1: Well, oh, it's, it's awesome the way I crop those photos and make eight people look like there's about 80,000.
0: <laughs> but, I mean, the, the crowds have been great, and you've been, I mean, it's been nonstop touring for you. I'll, I'll talk about some of the stuff you've been doing in a bit, but I wanted to ask you. You just had, uh, had Nick Cantonese left the band about six or eight months ago and you got Father Dario in there, um, a younger guy. Was there, um, I mean, you've played with Nick for so long that there must be some kind of an onstage chemistry. We don't even have to really think about each other and you're just playing and knowing that you're going to be on the same track. Was it hard with, the, with the, with the rhythms that you have to, to be able to find somebody that quickly to fill right in and get that same connection with?
1: Well, no, I mean, yeah, obviously, I mean, and, but not only that, Nick, as one of the guys and a human being. Right, right, of course. love Nick and everything like that. So, But, you know, I mean, the way Black Label rolls, you know, all the, you know, it's a fraternity and a brotherhood. So, I mean, all the guys that have been here, I love all the guys, and I still talk with them and everything, mm-hmm. you know. So, and, and like I said, Chris, I mean, I always just tell everybody, it's, I said, being a Black Label is like being with the Navy SEALs. Everybody knows why they're there. We're all going to go kill some bad guys, and then we're all going <laughs> home. Right. I mean, like, we don't have time for pissing and moaning and whining. And, there, there is none of that, because lions hang out with lions, and that's the way it goes. And it's, the whole thing is, you, you know, put it this way, I don't have time for pissing and moaning and whining, and all the fellows I roll with don't have time for pissing, moaning, and whining. It, it, nobody can be bothered with it. So mm-hmm. it's just like, I mean, honestly, I you know, enough. So, I mean, the whole thing is, uh, but no, it's just like with Nick, you know, when he, I spoke with him, he was just like, um, Zachy, man, listen, I just want to, sink a thousand percent into this new stuff I'm doing right now. And I said, well, Mike, you got to like, uh, go for it. I said, you know, you always have a home here. Mm-hmm. I said, we all love you. I said, just, you know, don't kill it, man. So, But, I mean, as far as, you know, with Nick right now, and right now he's recording and he's doing a batch of stuff with his with his new stuff. So, I mean, no. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, no, with Dario, I just asked C.D. I said, J.D., what are we going to do for, you know, a guitar player? And he just goes, well, Zach, I've got my people out there looking. He goes, look at this kid, Dario, he's 24 years old. He's with the Vegas chapter. He goes, look, if we can get him. We'll give up about, we'll probably give up three number one draft picks. And we, he goes, I've talked with his agent. We can get him for probably five years at $168 million. And I said, that's actually pretty good. He goes, all right, that, without that. He goes, I talked him down from 185 to 162. So I said, all right, good. I go, uh, but we've given up three number one draft picks. But the whole thing is, by acquiring Ariel, like you said, between the number five overall record and then the number one rock record.
2: Yeah, it's Obviously,
1: huge. The dividends are paying off, and the fact that he's twenty-four years old, it doesn't. I don't have to give him any of my Viagra, so I think it really. It <laughs> does, man, that.
0: Which is good because you are stingy with that stuff. I tried to borrow one from you, and you almost bit my hand off, man. <laughs>
1: <laughs> the warden was coming in that night, Thomas. It.
0: <laughs> my Viagra, go away. <laughs> but I mean, you you kind of threw him into the fire right away because I know a couple months ago you went out and did an acoustic tour. Of just you and him.
1: No, totally. I mean, but like, Dario's, a side of, you know, obviously being a monster guitar player, he can play the keys, he can play piano, he does the strings. Like when we do Angel of Mercy, he's doing all the string parts on that thing. And then, uh, and then he sings as well. So he's doing harmony. So, wow, I, it, yeah, it works out great, man. I mean, you know, Dario's, it's awesome. And he has his own solo record out on Shrapnel right now, which is just a, it's a shred record of doom. So, uh, yeah, without a doubt, he's and like on top of it, he's a great kid, man. So you know, it's a pleasure having him. Did around.
0: you have uh, that acoustic tour booked before he was in the band, or did you book that just to kind of get no, him up? It, to was, snuff? it
1: was it was booked before that. And okay, Nick, you know, Nick was like that, man. Before we did the Nam show. And then we had to get we had to get Dario before we had done the NAMM show, and, you know, because Nick was ready. We were all getting ready to do it, and Nick was like, that man, I'm, I really want to do this thing." And I said, "Oh, Nick, man," I said, oh, "You got it, brother." I said, "You know, whatever you want to do, you always got a home here, man." Mm-hmm,
2: so, mm-hmm.
1: You know, but that's when we had the Dario's first gig. You know, we just I gave him the set list, and then he was ready to go. So, and then you know, when we did the acoustic thing, same thing. He just, you know, Dario, here's the set, and this is what we're going to do. You know, he just, right? You know, but you know, like the same thing is, I mean, because you know, you put great wrestlers together. Guys, that know yeah. what they you know, it just makes life that much easier. You know, I mean, like it's not like, you know, you put you know, great musicians roll well, with great musicians. They there's, they'll know the playbook, and it's and it's time to
0: right, kind of, absolutely. You know what I mean, so well, yeah, I mean, it, it's too. It, it, it's two, it's a, a lot of pressure for the kid, but then you'll see right away what he's got, and if he's a great musician, you know, he's going to step in and just kill it no matter what.
1: Yeah, it's, it's the same thing with great athletes. I mean, I could put you. You know, I mean, as far as wrestling goes, you know, with your wrestling career, I could put you in any, whether it's WWE, WCW, or, you know, whatever it would be, you'd go in there and just whoever, whether you're wrestling the Legion of Doom, you're like, all right, let's 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 do this. Yeah. And it's going to be an amazing match because you've got a bunch of super talented people in there. So, uh, you know, and everybody knows what they're doing. So, and it's the same thing with the band. I mean, the bottom line if you know, uh, yeah, without a doubt, I mean, it, as far as chemistry goes and everything like that, Without a doubt, you know, but that's like saying with Oz, you know, all his years with Tony, you know, mm-hmm. Lord Iommi, without a doubt, I mean, between the Sabbath guys, there's an amazing chemistry there because you have four individuals bringing, that's what makes that soup, Yeah. but then then you can't discredit when he played, when he, when St. Rhodes came into the fold and all the magical stuff he created with Randy, so you know what I mean, so yeah. I think if you get really super talented people, when they well, you, people that, that can play and they know what they're doing, you, it's just like any athlete. You can put Michael Jordan on any team, and he's going to be Michael Jordan, and he's going to elevate everybody else's playing, and everyone's going to a bunch. Of, you know, you take a good team, and now they're great. You know what I mean? Well, so,
0: and and, it's, and you kind of almost went through the same thing now that you're talking. You, you mentioned Ozzy and, and Randy Rhodes and Naomi. I mean, when you came in to play with Ozzy, talk about a trial by fire because you're replacing. You know, three or four of the greatest guitar players ever between uh, Tony, Randy, and, and Jake. Well, I guess three at that point in time. So you kind of yeah. know what it's like to get thrown straight in the fire.
1: Oh, without a doubt. I mean, and, you know, obviously being a huge fan of all three of them. So I mean, you know, uh, yeah, because you know, you take pride in wearing that uniform. You know, what I mean, so sure. Uh, but yeah, I, I guess so. But that, you know, like people always ask me, well, were you, you know, were you afraid?" Or I go, "No, I was more excited." Than mm-hmm. And being scared, you know what I mean. That type of. Thing.
0: Did, tell tell us the uh, the story about about when you were working at the gas station and you got the call. Well, tell us the story about how you got an Aussie. It's such a great story.
1: Uh, I mean, well, you know, it was just um, I was just playing in a you know a club with you know obviously with, with our bands Irish. We must have had about you know. I mean, it, you want to talk about the whole funny thing of you know when word of mouth gets around. I you know yeah. when, you know when we were. We were playing clubs, and, you know, I mean, you had our friends coming down to the gig, and that was about it, you know, so, I mean, but the whole thing is, it was hysterical, because when I got announced that I was going to be going out, and when I auditioned for Oz and everything, when I actually got the gig, Mm -hmm. and I was in, it was like, probably, we had about three more shows left. And you know, so I I stayed with the guys, and we were going to do the you know finish out the last three shows right. that we're already committed to do, right? You know, like the Stone Pony or whatever. The yeah, the old town, places
0: in New like, Jersey. Like, yeah,
1: yeah, exactly. That we were going to play. Yeah, I mean, absolutely, literally hysterical. You know, your textbook, <laughs> stereotypical stuff. We there was nobody at the clubs, right. And the minute it mentioned, you know, Zach's playing with Ozzy. He's going to be leaving for London to go work on a new record. And he's going to, you know, <laughs> just going to start writing and everything like that. So now that I'm Ozzy's uh, new guitar player, dude, lines around the building. <laughs> I mean, you know, just to, you know, I mean, your stereotypical. Uh, you know, we can see him when, you know, whatever. I was talking with Kenny Wayne Shepherd,
2: uh-huh.
1: Did the uh, Hendrix thing. I, I mean, you're s stereotypical, you know, when guys go, Oh man, Zach, isn't the reason why you picked up a guitar? You know, because you know, because you wanted to get chicks, right? Right. And, and you know, I'm like even when I played football, you know, it's like me and you playing, you know, you're you're in a defensive end, I'm a middle linebacker and it's just like you know, you and Chris, you started playing football, you know, because you wanted to get chicks, it's like, no. We like crushing people. That's why we like playing football. Yeah, I know right. that's why I'm a linebacker and Chris is a defensive end. I go, we like hitting people, dude. I go, no. If I want to get a chick, yeah, I no, that's not the reason why we like destroying people. I, You know, and then yeah, I right, go, right. And I, no, I don't sit around practicing 12 hours a day doing pentatonic and diatonic scales and learning my fret cord and, and chords and everything like that because I want to pick up chicks. If that's the case, I guess I'll just take a Les Paul. It'd be a lot easier if I just took a Les Paul and hit her in the back of the head with it, <laughs> you know, and then, then threw in my 100 milligrams of Viagra. But I mean, but the whole thing is, it's like no, that's not the reason why I got into it. I go the, the pictures I have up on my wall are Randy Rhodes, owe me Jimmy Page, and uh, mm-hmm. those are the guys I have on the wall. And you know, so it's just like, and so the whole <laughs> thing is, but it, but the thing is about as far as getting chicks, you know, because everyone goes, oh, well, chicks like guys that play in a band or get a guitar, then you get chicks with them. And I, me and Kenny Wayne Shepherd were talking. He goes, Zach, he goes, all the chicks that shot me down when I was in high school wouldn't give me the time of day. No matter what, he goes. Zach, my out. He goes. I was, I was still in high school. They, they when my album went gold. Yeah, and he goes, Zach. I went out on tour for about six months. I came home. Every chick, because he was a senior, I think. Right. He all the girls that had graduated, you know, like the year before or like two years before that, you know, were completely. You know, when you're in high school, when you're a sophomore, the girls that are seniors are just out of the stratosphere. <laughs>
2: yeah.
1: At the league. well, because they're going with guys that actually have a job and a car. And don't live at home with your mama and dada, you know what I mean? So so the whole thing is, he goes back, he goes, I'd come home from the road. And it's just like, he goes, every one of them wanted to hook up with me. (laughs) He goes so like, within that six month period of the album going gold and me being on the road, all of a sudden, I'm beyond I'm Rip Taylor. Awesome.
2: <laughs> yeah.
0: Paul Lind and Rip Taylor rolled awesome. up into one.
1: <laughs> yes. <laughs> he, goes, he goes, it's amazing. He goes, what happened six months ago? He goes, none of them wanted to know me. But now I got it. Now I got a gold record. I guess my guitar playing has really gotten that much better, and I'm that much. I'm that much more Brad Pitt and Johnny Depp looking all of a sudden. <laughs> you yeah. know, unbelievable man. And I go, wow, that's pretty funny. I go, I still can't get part. I still have to drug bar to get her into the sack,
0: <laughs> and then drug yourself with Viagra. Yeah, you go in. <laughs> did, did somebody send it? Did you send in a tape for the original Ozzy audition, or how did you hear about it?
1: No, I, I was playing in the club, and Dave Feld. Mm. Uh, Dave, who actually got Sebastian hooked up. I mean, it's crazy how Dave ended up finding Sebastian for Skid Row. Okay. And the singer and Dave put that together. You know, he's like, man, Sebastian, why well, should hook him up with Dave and the guys mm-hmm. and whatever? So, I mean, it was really funny. And then he signed Saigon Kick and everything like that when he got a gig. Dave ended up getting a gig with Atlantic and everything. That was okay. Like, hey, okay. So, but the whole thing is... uh Dave was just working a normal job, and he just seen me playing at a club one day, and I guess this was when, Oz, when Jake had left the band, and he was like, dude, you ever think about auditioning for Ozzy? You know? I was just like, no. I mean, do you know Robert Plant and Jimmy Page? You go to lunch with them as well? You know what I mean? <laughs> break, so,
0: right. It's, it's, it's um, like it, when people say to you, like, you know what you need to do? You need to get on the radio. No yeah. kidding. Really? Yeah. Oh.
1: Great.
2: You I
0: don't you know. Need, you, need. you need to play with Ozzy, Zach.
1: Yeah, exactly. I'm like, and how do I go about doing that? I don't know any of these people. I work in a day. I live in Jackson, New Jersey, dude. I don't know right. any of these people. So, uh, anyways, he was just like, "What's that? Give me a tape." And he goes, "I can give it to Mark Weiss." And Mark is, you know, he's a legendary rock photographer. He goes, "Mark can." He was just doing some Ozzy shots the other day. You like Ozzy with the pink tutu on and the boxing gloves and all that stuff. So that's
0: <laughs> that's him, right? Yeah, famous photographer.
1: Without a doubt. So uh, he was just like. I can get it to him, and, you know, I'm sure you can give it to Mrs. O, and, you know, exactly. I mean, I can't promise you anything, I mean, but it's just better than nothing. Mm-hmm. Uh, like, yeah, without a doubt. So um ended up getting, you know, recording a bunch of Randy souls. I think it's out there on the internet somewhere. I mean, you know, there's like my audition tape with Ozzy, you know, so. Oh, well, okay. Yeah, it's, it's, it's What did there, you What did you
0: play on the audition tape? Do you remember what solo it was?
1: I got to check it out. I mean, I think I played like Mr. Crowley, and I played a bunch of other things. Okay. But, uh, uh, I did a classical piece or something like that. So ended up putting that up on there. And then uh, my sister Amy just took some Polaroids of me uh, <laughs> on my mom and dad's porch. But the, the crazy thing about it is, you know, he got it to Mrs. O and then she called me and everything like that. So, you know, and then I, I just thought it was my friends taking a piss at their mom on the phone or whatever. So, But the whole thing is Oz was telling me because the weird, weirdest thing was because when I walked in there, you know, and met Ozzy, he just goes, have I met you before? And I, I was like, well, unless you see... Me and Chris and the fellas at <laughs> under the Loge, you know, I'm doing the uh, the Park at the Moon tour going ballistic thinking
0: you're looking at us. <laughs> yeah, I right. You know,
1: I said, no, I've never. Um, yeah, uh, so
0: you've you been to Shecky's Bar and Grill in Jackson, New Jersey. Maybe you've seen me there. Yeah,
1: exactly. I don't know if Sabbath ever played there.
0: But,
1: you know, <laughs> but the thing is, uh, he goes, because I said, you know, of all the boxes of audition tapes and pictures of it, you know, because I was just like, oh, I'm not going through all this stuff. He'd just get me, narrow it down. He'd have Phil and Randy, you know, narrow it down. hmm that would have went down to the top ten guys or top five, then weeded out top three guys, and then, all right, we'll, we got our guy. So, you know, but, uh, you know, because he's like, I'm not doing the whole American Idol is sitting of politicians right. with guys, and it's, I'm not doing the cattle call. So, um, but he, he saw my picture, and he, you know, he said all he remembered was he picked up the picture, he goes, oh, look at this kid, he really loves Randy Rhoads. Mm. And, and that, was, that was it. So, like, he, but he goes, that's where I, I saw your picture. Because I was saying, where have I met you before? He goes, and it was that picture. Because he goes, of all the boxes of crap that I had to look through, he just goes, yours was the only one that I, I your picture was on the kitchen table or something. And I, I looked at it.
0: So how did he, how did he say that, how did he know that you loved Randy Rhodes? Because, you well, have... no, just
1: because just because, of, you know, with the blonde hair and mm-hmm. the whole parts, you know what I mean? Right. So he's just like, oh, this kid really loves Randy Rhodes. So, you know, but, uh, but yeah, it just it's just funny. You know, I mean that that odds that was the only picture he's seen, you know, that yeah, whole absolutely. Of them that he picked up.
0: Right, you know? and that's the one that that gave him the, the 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 thumbs up with you. How was it when you first met him? Did you guys have to jam a lot and rehearse when you first wrote that record? Oh, or? Well, we,
1: you know, I mean, well, Randy and Phil, you know, Father Steele and, you know, uh, Yeah, Phil Sussan,
0: and, yeah.
1: You know, obviously Rando and, you know, Father Suzanne with Phil over there. Oh, well, uh, you know, I met the guys, and maybe, you know, just really cool dudes, and just, you know, like, hey, Zach, what's happening, man? Like, maybe, you know, feel at ease, and then, like, you know, Zach, you know, uh, this prostate exam is going to be really quick. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but anyways, it's, it deals with fingers, not fists, and I was like, oh, thank goodness, you know what I mean? But uh, it, nowadays, end, I, uh, nowadays, I do enjoy the fist up for the bicep, but I mean...
0: Well, but, uh, that, was Dario, that was Dario's initiation, I think, wasn't it?
1: <laughs> of course, man. It's... <laughs> it's thoroughly enjoyable. But I mean, you know, you gotta keep it fun. But the whole thing is uh <laughs> but, but the whole thing is Father well, Chris is just you no, know, the guys are super cool. You know, we did like Flock the Moon, Suicide Solution and then uh you know, I don't know or whatever, crazy train. And then um when Oz came in I met Oz and he was just like, Hey Zach, you know and I, I was just, you know, obviously crap my pants and everything. And he's just like Zach, just play with your heart, you know, that's all I want you to do, whatever and they they said. And what is that smell? change your trousers, and make me a ham sandwich, and good <laughs> lights on the mustard, would you? <laughs> and I did.
0: <laughs> yes. <laughs> so he was, uh, he, obviously you were his guy, so he was very accommodating. Uh, how crazy was he back in those years, and did you, uh, were you kind of his partner in crime when you're talking about the after show getting loaded and all that sort of thing?
1: Yeah, well, well no one would go drinking with the boss. I mean, I was the only one that... Rolled with him, you know what I mean. Mm-hmm. I remember Bobby Thompson because I was bo- rooming with Bobby when we were working on No Rest for the Week, and He was like, "Sacky, Sacky," and then you know Bobby had been there. He'd you known Ozzy since like it, since the seventies. Bobby worked with Nazareth, he worked with Leonard Skinnerd.
0: So he and, was know, was he Bobby like a was he the tour manager?
1: Yeah, Bobby okay. Was trigger and then a tour manager and, and a stage manager and everything like that. So and you know when he so he was in the, he was part of the furniture with within the Aussie camp, you know what I mean? Because he was there when St. Rhodes started and the whole nine yards when the when the, when the empire started getting created. You know right, what I mean? yeah. But the whole thing is, <laughs> I'd be rooming with BT and he'd be going, Zachy, Zachy, listen, you gotta listen to me. Don't get into the web. He's trying to tangle you into his web. <laughs> stay out of the web. <laughs> For the love of all things sacred and holy, stay out of the web. Just like, but, you know, my Oz, because I was just like, well, I love hanging out with Oz of drinking. But, you know, so I mean, it's just like when I first came home, mom called Barbara Ann up and was just like, excuse me, Barbara Ann. She goes, yes. She goes, listen, does, does Zachy have a drinking problem? And she was like, well, oh, no, he... He just usually drinks milk and, you know, <laughs> and stuff like that. He doesn't really drink. He goes, well, he does now.
2: <laughs> 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 <laughs>
1: so, so mom obviously dubbed us the gruesome twosome after a while. You know what I mean? So, you know, whatever she called bar, it would be like, oh, the gruesome twosome after it again. You know, the, the, you know whatever comedy was unfolding, you know, because none of, nobody else wanted to hang out with the boss because either, cause then they'd get You know, then they'd face the wrath of mom. You know what I mean? So it's like, you know and Oz was always the best too because what he'd end up doing is he'd be the first one to like throw us all under the bus. Like he'd go so you know, if he was hammered or whatever and we all went out drinking the other night and had a gas kicking time Mm. he'd go Mom would be like, Who were you with or whatever? He goes,
2: Oh, I was with with Chris
1: and Zach and we had a good time, you know. So like I'm going, Oz. What are you doing, man? Yeah. What are you doing? <laughs> he he, name names, man. <laughs>
0: he, you, he, you talk about the uh, you talk about the wrath of Sharon. Do you remember the time that we were playing um, baseball in the parking lot at Ozfest?
1: Oh yeah, totally. Yeah, just blasting. Yeah, with uh, playing all my
0: dirt yeah, it was July fourth, and we had been uh, been drinking, and you're like, "It's July fourth. We got to do something American. Let's play baseball." So we're in the parking lot of the Ozfest behind the stage where the buses are, and I threw you a pitch, and it was the worst pitch ever. And you were laughing like, "Ah, you're a pansy. You're a pussy." So I was like, "I'm going to throw this pitch as hard as I can." So I threw it straight down the middle, Nolan Ryan, and you hit it. And it went all the way over the fence into the crowd and you were doing a home run lap and all the people around clapping. And right when everyone was cheering, we heard this. What are you doing? <laughs> And you remember, out she comes, and it's Sharon Osbourne, and I was like, oh my god. And both of us were just silent, and she started yelling at us, like, you could shut down this whole festival if that hits somebody on the head. It could knock out the whole festival. We get sued. What is the matter with you, Zachy? And then she looks at me and goes, and who the fuck
1: are you? (laughs) this is my brother, Chris, Mom.
0: <laughs> She's like, get out of my face. Get back on your bus. And we walked back on the bus, and we couldn't figure out the code, and she was staring at us. And I'm like, open the bus. She's like, I'm trying. I can't remember the code. And then we <laughs> we finally go to the bus and sat down and just, like, started, like, laughing like little kids who just got caught stealing crab apples or something.
1: No, without <laughs> a doubt, dude. I mean, you know, I mean, that was the comedy all the time, because it was always the, the, the animal house years. But, I mean, and, like you said, no farm animals got hurt. No people got hurt. So it did it, 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 it pan out pretty well. But, I mean, to this day, I still my our relationship. Right, you know, when we were just in New York when Sabbath was doing the, uh, you know, destroyed uh, PNC Art Center, we were down there looking mm-hmm. at You know, we all went out for dinner the uh, next day. It was Barb, Mom, the boss, uh, Gay Man, you know, obviously Jesse John Michael, our son, you know, yeah, is God. So, you know. But the whole thing, you no. Know, when we were just like, whenever we got together, we just, I mean, we are constantly crying, laughing, talking about these ridiculous stories. <laughs> but I mean, uh, yeah, but I mean, it's always a good time. So it's just,
0: um... But now, you, tell us about the time when you guys uh, threw a TV out the window, like in Czechoslovakia or something like that.
1: No, I mean, when it, well, when the TV, <laughs> the TV went out the window. I mean, we were drinking and it was just like, it was probably about three in the morning. All I don't remember <laughs> is, uh, me and the boss getting hammered. It was just like... We were talking about, you know, he was talking about John Bonham, Keith Moon, and we were talking about, you know, the TVs back in the day. Mm-hmm. How silly it was that, like, you know, that was your typical rock star thing to do. You know, like even, you know, smashing hotel rooms.
2: And, yeah.
1: And, and, uh, and, you know, just talking about all the good times he had with John, you know, with Father Bonham and everything like that. So, you know, just lots of laughs. And he just goes, you know, Zachy, I've done a lot of crazy things about life, but I've never thrown a TV out there, window, right? So, <laughs> so I suppose now it's going to happen. Uh, obviously, this thing was bolted to the entertainment center, so, you know, jackasses don't throw it out the thing. So all I remember I was just like, right, you know, Father Chris, if you would have been there, I'm just like, we're watching the boss trying to get it out of there, and Greg goes, <laughs> get it goes out of there. So we're cracking up and I'm just like, I just put my beer down, and I'm like, let me give it a shot. So I just end up ripping this thing out of the, it was bolted down. I end up ripping it out of the entertainment center, and I'm holding it up on my shoulder. I mean, it wasn't a flat screen TV. It's an old school TV. <laughs> yeah, right. 72. So I'm like going. I was sitting there with the wires hanging out and everything like that. Up this TV up around my shoulders, and I'm going, you know, I used to go to high school parties like this. <laughs> <I> mean, <laughs> I've got a big pack of beer and, a, and, you know, a TV. Yeah,
2: but a boombox.
1: Uh, was like, ripped the window open because it was bolted shit. You know, they have it so it only cracks open. Yeah, the window.
0: European windows only crack open like three or four inches.
1: Yeah, well, because they don't want... Morons, obviously, have either thrown TVs out the window or they'd either have Led Zeppelin or the Who staying at the hotel. <laughs> yeah. So they have the, the reason why they have the, the windows like that. So anyways, they uh, Oz gets the, the window open, and I just end up I, just being responsible rockers. <laughs> we, uh, we I did, uh, just look down there to make sure nobody's out there. I mean. So anyways, the coast was clear, and then off the TV went. And then <laughs> all I remember is just hearing, just like, And then when this thing hit the ground, the explosion that this thing made (laughs) was, dude, all I remember is we were like on the floor, Brian laughing, me and the boss, and then uh, Tony Dennis, who's obviously been there since the beginning of St. Rhodes and everything like that, he comes in there and he's just like, He's looking out, the the window looked like the scene from The Exorcist after Father Damien jumped, jumped out the window at <laughs> the movie, you know, with a broken window and the curtain just flailing because <laughs> of the wind. Right. And they just looked out there, and, uh, and he actually saw the TV and Father Damien down here at the end of the <laughs> steps. So, you know, he just like, Tony just looked, and he was like, oh, no, man, oh, man, this is not good, man. And we're me and Ozzie just crying, laughing. But all I remember is, uh, no, it ended up costing, you know, because Mom obviously called Barbara, and she goes, well, the two morons are at it again. She goes, yeah, the gruesome too." And she goes, well, she goes, he's not getting out of this one alive either. What it's going to be is, she goes, I guess it cost me 12 grand for the TV. Mm-hmm. And I'm telling you right now, that TV, 12 grand. I mean, me and you were buying a batch of 60-inch or 80-inch plasma TVs. We forget about a sixty-inch. So, it cost me twelve grand for that TV that we could have easily replaced for about three hundred bucks. <laughs> yeah. And then I mean, it was just like an odds because it was a, a thousand rooms for a thousand bucks for the the, the top floor. For
2: the floor room.
1: That right? So they said they couldn't use the room for forty-one days, so they clipped him for forty-one grand.
0: Oh. It
1: cost me twelve grand, so it was a total of damages of you know. Whatever it is, fifty, fifty three you know, grand, grand or whatever, and it, you know she was just—I just go. Well, at the end of the day, fifty three grand. The look on the boss's face, priceless. So you know, it's
2: just,
1: <laughs> yeah, you know. But I, you know, but at the end of the day, it's just like, nah, kids. You know what? You're better off doing taking that twelve grand and go buy, buy some Marshalls and buy some mm-hmm. get left balls.
0: Or <laughs> Talk is Jericho. Zach Wild is here. You're talking about the the crazy times, and you and I had some some great ones too, under the influence. Like I could, there's a laundry list. I actually, remember the, uh, the the tricycle race? That was a good one. You and I <laughs> at, at your house. Yes,
1: I got and Chris just, just so uncatholic and so unnice, just pushing <laughs> his brother Zach merrily into the bushes.
0: <laughs> yeah, we were having a tricycle race around your driveway, and I, as I passed you, I gave you a body check, and you you, you fell off your tricycle into the bushes.
1: Such un-niceness.
0: <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, like I said, we, we, we had some great times. But a few years ago, you uh you you were basically, you know, I think it was health issues or whatever. You, you stopped drinking, and how, how I mean, how how is it? For, how was that for well, you? I had, you know, I had,
1: the, I had the blood clots, and then you know, all I remember is uh, you know, the the best with that was you know, I I asked the doc, and I was just like, doc, I go, does this mean I got to chill on the drinking? Mm-hmm. He goes, well, doc, let, let me put it this way. If you drink as much as you, you tell me you drink. He goes, yeah. He goes, I you put it this way: if you go to a Hooters with the fellas to go watch Monday Night Football or whatever it is you want to do,
2: I just hope
1: that that Hooters is one of the greatest Hooters you've ever been to, because that will be the last Hooters you'll ever be. Wow. In. <laughs> he goes, Zach, you'll be, you'll be just bleeding out, he goes, because your blood won't even be clotting. He goes, you know, because it's, it's blood thinner on blood thinner is what you're going to be putting on.
2: Mm-hmm. And he, goes
1: like this. he goes, you'll just start bleeding profusely out of your nostrils, your eyes, your ears, every orifice on your body, obviously, you know. Mm-hmm. He goes, what you once had a penis. He goes, now your vagina <laughs> will be bleeding. you your gaping anus from the 25 years of the music.
2: <laughs> right. Which, which is always...
1: Ripping anyway, <laughs> right. he goes, so he goes, yeah. He goes, I definitely advise against it. And I, I was just like, oh, that sucks. He just goes, yeah, that's felt it, does, it?
0: <laughs> So yeah, so ba- basically, you were given the choice. Like, this is it, man. Like, yeah, you, so, you punched then, your card, yeah, you're I, done.
1: I, yeah, it's it's over. If it's over. It's over. I mean, I don't need you know to be going. I mean, I got buddies that have gone to rehab and everything like that, and you know, I got buddies that still go AA meetings. They love it. And, you know, they hang out with their friends and stuff like that? But I mean. But the whole thing is like I didn't need anything. I just like tell me it's over. It's over. I you know, I just like, uh, yeah. Well, wow, that really blows. But I mean, but the whole thing is, uh what are they gonna say, um uh you know, doctor he said after that, he just goes like this, he goes, Well, he goes, you know what, Zach? I, I he was like, Doc, how did I get these blood clots? He goes, Well, Zach, did you did your parents have this? I go, Well, Doc, I go, Well, my parents are in God's Tavern, so I wouldn't know. You know, he just goes mm-hmm. Well, let me put it this way, Zach. He goes, if your mom and dad had this, he goes, and you had this genetically, I mean, I, I hate to say this, but I mean, as a doctor, but probably all your years of drinking actually may have saved your life by thinning your blood. And I go to Barbara Ann. (laughs)
2: Drinking is
1: good for something, you know. But but needless to say, there was no laughter in the in the peanut gallery after that one. There was no chuckling going on. But you know, yeah. So there was a celebration at all for Barb and and a lot of the people that I, you know, I you know, I couldn't. Dude, I mean, you
0: We've known each other for for a long time. I think actually, my very first WWE show or pay per view, I met you. I think it was like ninety nine or so. And there were times like you know when you would call me when you were when you were you know quite inebriated, shall we say? Oh, no, no a, And you would just talk kid, and talk, drunk and, talk and talk
1: and your drunken friend phone call. Right. Go through your phone book and you go.
0: That <laughs> I remember one night in Montreal, you called me uh and something happened where uh the phone went dead. So I called you back. Oh my, I didn't have reception. So I called you back from the, uh, from the hotel and you talked so long, you would never stop talking. And I actually put the phone down and I went and, and grabbed a bite and you could still hear you talking. I came back and went, uh-huh. I put the phone down. It was like 47 minutes or something And, of course, the next day when I check out like an idiot Jericho, I'll just call Zach back from the hotel phone. It was like $500 phone bill.
1: (laughs) But the whole thing is that's, that's why I have an affinity and a love for Les Pauls. It's like it just keeps sustaining.
0: That's <laughs> <So> the sustain <laughs> on this is amazing. <laughs> you can go have a bite and come back. And- That's right. Your sustain was incredible when you were on the phone drunk. <laughs> <laughs> oh man! Did you uh, did you ever miss it? Like being on the road? You know, I'm sure after the show you would have some beers and hang out. Did you ever miss that part of it when you stopped drinking?
1: Oh well, I mean, yeah, because I like you know I always just tell everybody. I mean, it's just like they go. Remember this one one guy goes like, "Zach, why do you know?" This one bar had me talking with the psychologist guy one day. He goes, well, Zach, why is it that you drink? I go, well, let me put it this way, Doc. He was like, oh, you drink because you're depressed? I go, no. I go, we're out on the road, bro. I go, we're constantly laughing all the time. Mm -hmm. I said, you know, so I said, or otherwise, we'll sit up in the front of the the submarine, and you got a 16-hour drive after we got done doing the big hot rock show. I, I go, we're chilling out. I said, And we're just drinking up and it'd be like Chris sitting, Father Chris sitting in the captain's chair. I'm sitting on the floor. You got Dino driving. And then we're rolling and we're listening to Bob Seger, Neil Young, Elton John, Zeppelin, whatever, you know, whatever cool music we want to listen to. And and just chilling out, solving the problems of the world, sitting up in the front of the submarine, and it's like, Chris, what do you, you want? Another cocktail? You're like, yeah, Zach, give me another Bex with another crown of ginger or whatever. I mean, and we're just sitting there talking about everything, whether it's sports, religion, music, all our favorite bands, our favorite musicians, mm-hmm. whatever. I mean, you know, and I go, that's a good time, man. And, he, and you know, he was just like, I said, have you ever done that? And he was like, no. And I go, well, then how would you know? Mm-hmm. Uh, I go, like this. I go, you know, it's like telling, you know, a vegetarian that's like, you know, once to tell me about, you know, not eating meat. And it's just like, have you ever had meat? You ever eaten at Root's <laughs> Chris Steakhouse? And they're like, no. I said, well, how would you know that? Yeah. You know, so, I mean, my whole thing is it's like, uh, no, I just enjoyed it. And put it this way, if I was sitting around, you know, I'm back home with, uh, you know, with Barman and, and the, the Munchkins and stuff like that and the dogs and hanging out, relaxing at the, at the compound, you know, I'm just sitting practicing, running scales, and the Yankees are on, and I'm just sitting there with a beer, and I'm, I'm relaxing. I'm like, man, it doesn't get much better than this, man. You right. know, so I mean the whole thing is I just enjoyed it. Or you know, like after we get done with, with the with gig, we go to a, you know, we're staying in town me and you go out to an Irish pub and we meet a bunch of really cool people and just talking about everything, you know what I mean? And it's just like uh we could be talking about hockey or whatever, you know, like talking about who's who would you rather have on your team, Gretzky or Messier or whatever, you know, yeah, yeah. About, you know, overall what what you're gonna do. You know, I mean just having but- great conversations with people and hanging out. So I mean you know, that was always part of the aspect of it. But I mean, it was like, I'd never drank because, you know, like the people were like, oh, is the songwriting different now? Or this, and I go, no, I never, I never needed that to get inspired to write songs. So I to say, but, you know, me and Ozzy were talking about it one day and he just goes, you know, when you're sober, Ozzy goes, well, it's kind of like, it's kind of like a launching pad, not so much for creativity, but, you know, like, because your, your inhibitions are down and you're just chilling and you're relaxed and you hear things a different way. And mm-hmm. I, I, I And, you know, that's the truth. I mean, how can you deny it? I mean, I'm just saying, like, that'd be like saying, you know, I mean, let's be real. Half the reason why, you know, one of our buddies could say the only reason why, you know, how I met your mother, how I got married was, listen, the guys were all hanging out of the bar one day. I saw your mom in there, and I was like, I was too nervous to even go meet her, and then, you know, but the guy shoved a couple cocktails in and we were like, dude, go over there and say hi to him. Mm-hmm,
2: and, mm-hmm. you know, and
1: then he got the liquid courage to go over there and say hi. So, you, you know, right. and, or, <laughs> or, you know, just, or just like, why'd you get into that fight in the bar the other night? Mm-hmm. Uh, like, well, dude, if you wouldn't have had those, you know, 14 shots of Jack Daniels and, you know, you were already <laughs> in a crap mood to begin with. Mm-hmm. and All of a sudden you're like, dude, I'm going to knock that guy's teeth out. It's like, dude, he didn't even look at you, dude. You know, right. but what I'm just saying is the reason why he got into that fight is because he was drinking. So, I mean, What I'm just saying is because it put your brain in a whole different place. I mean, you know, because somebody asked me, they were just like, "Could you imagine if Jimi Hendrix never took drugs or never did anything, and you know, never?" He goes, "Could you imagine how great, how much even greater he would have been?" I go, "There wouldn't have been a Jimi Hendrix."
0: Well, yeah, it's just like he
1: embodied that whole thing. That's almost like saying, "Could you imagine if Arnold Schwarzenegger never took steroids Mm -hmm. and never did anything? How much better his physique would have even been?" I go, "He would have never won a Mr. Olympia." What are you talking about? Mm -hmm. So don't, don't, don't. Well, it's not trying and candy-coat things. Cause I'm not advising taking any of its stuff. But, I mean, but as far as the drinking goes, no, I just, uh, I just enjoyed it just showing out. But, I mean, like like you said, it never, you know, put it this way, as far as writing goes and stuff like that, if we kept jamming and we were hammered, and you listen. I mean, if you watch sheer comedy the next day, <laughs> yeah. to listen, to, listen to the playback <laughs> of you and the buddies hammered out of your mind and you want to hear some comedy. Just do that and then go.
0: <laughs> that's hey, why man. it always it always amazed me when I heard that um, that Van Halen played drunk like through the seventies and eighties. It's like wow, you know what I mean? Like that's that, that's the one guy that could actually play well uh, up to a yeah, point. Yeah,
1: but I mean you know, but I mean, but you saw Ed later on. Yes, know,
0: then I mean, it caught up to him.
1: When it caught up to him, but I mean, I'm just saying, without a doubt, for like twenty years, I mean, I had no problems drinking and, and playing and everything like that till like the end of my. End of my drinking. and it was just like then it started creeping into the shows. And oh, I, then so, I would go, and it was because I always said, I go, you know, everybody go, man, you got to chill on it. I go, they they start creeping into the show, that'll be a bridge I cross when I get there. And I'm figuring that that bridge is so far away, mm-hmm. and I ain't gonna see that bridge for about another 25 years anyway. So the next thing you know, I turn around, I'm at the Verizonal Bridge, man. I'm like,
0: <laughs> it was time, yeah. yeah I so,
1: thought so I had a ways to go before this, but I mean. But no, it just you know I you know because somebody was like oh you you know this one guy I was asking he goes I would you like to you know tell kids about drinking or whatever you know go to a yeah camp mm-hmm. thing or something like that I go and tell them what man I go the only thing I would tell kids I go hey look it you gotta you know it's the black label general patent rehab I go like this I go you gotta you gotta man up. And, and just go like this, look in the mirror and just go, dude, if this is getting in the way of you ruling the world, then you. that's when you just go, eh, mm-hmm. time to call it a day. But I, and I, nothing for nothing, that's pretty much it. Because if you want to learn how to play the guitar, I can show you where to put your fingers to play with to happen.
2: Yeah. If
1: if you don't practice, uh, then then nothing's going to happen, man. Mm-hmm. But, you know, I mean, because you have to, you know, there has to be some liability and accountability on yourself, and I go. Not only that, you, you'll be proud you did it. Whatever you achieve, anyways, I, you know, you, you, you got to put in the hard work, or right. just or just decide. It's just like, well, I'm not going to do this anymore, you know. Because people are like, "Oh, dude, when you get out on the road, what are you going to, you know, what are you going to do?" I go, "Nothing. I'm pretty much going to do the same thing I do all the time, except um, drinking a near beer and I'm sniffing vats of glue now." I, what do you want me to tell you? Man? <laughs> I go, "That's it's in there. Like it can't be that easy." I go, "It is
2: that easy."
0: Well, it's I mean, like and, and it's not like you were that much different. I mean, you've always been a very personable guy and a very charismatic guy from, you know, even when you're sober or drunk. So it's not like, you know, some guys need to have some drinks to, to have fun, but you were never like that.
1: No, oh, and I put it this way. I always tell everybody, I go, hey, listen, you know, as far as, you know, you've you got to stop whatever it is that you're doing, you know, if it's getting in the way, man. I, I go, no one wants to hear a last, its last call. Mm-hmm. no one wants to hear that man mm-hmm. and I, I go like this i said so what part of it can't you understand it you know if i got any of my buddies that are on and off again you know what i mean as far as thing goes or whatever you know what i'm just yeah. like i'm not like, you know because it's a good time i, I go and i, I you know I, I i completely understand it but i mean as as far as with me you know i mean it's like it's like i have nothing but like funny stories to talk about and we had nothing but tons of laughs and everything like that but i mean but the whole thing is uh I don't glorify it or anything like that. I'm just being honest. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? It's just like, it is what it is, man. You know what I mean? So
0: Absolutely.
1: Um, but yeah, I just tell everybody that. I mean, because, you know, even if you're going to AA and everything like that, if you can't get in touch with your sponsor, what are you supposed to do then, man? Mm-hmm. You know, what you have to do is have a set of balls and just go, no, I ain't going to go have a cocktail. I mean, it. it you know, it's just like enough of, the, enough of the excuses and enough of the garbage, man. I, you know, it's just enough. Yeah. It's just like black label up and patent up and just... That's it. It's yep. gone. You know, just watch some porn and
0: just go in the room and go in the bathroom right now and take care of business. <laughs> Nirvana. <laughs> um, you know, we, we talked about how the first time we met uh, was at a wrestling show, and that's one thing you've always had great respect for for wrestling, for the WWE, and it's uh, we always would talk about it. You would always talk about uh, the Ultimate Warrior, uh, James Helwig, obviously just passed away tragically. You were affected by that. I remember we we talked about it that day. I think I even texted you and told you, and that it, that got to you a little bit.
1: No, well, I mean, because I I just like, dude, I feel like a bit of my childhood just passed away, mm-hmm. which is the truth. Because I mean, dude, he was he was awesome, man, and I mean, it just and like I said, he was more than a wrestler. You know what I mean? It was just mm-hmm. like a philosophy. He's always believed. Everything was positive, without a doubt, man. It was really sad because it's it just like every, everything. I could just see him hanging out with his wife, Dana, and just going, babe, this is so awesome. All Because mm. I really, it was great seeing a lot of my old friends and, and then seeing guys that I never thought I'd talk to again because we, we didn't get along. And we obviously buried the hatchets on a bunch of stuff, and I'm, I'm buddies with them now. And it's like this weight has been lifted off my shoulders, and it's like, it's really awesome. Like, things are really great right now in our life. And, and it's just like, now I'm going to be ambassador for the WWE. It's just like, this is really awesome. I, I can just see them talking about that because that, that's how I would be with Barbara Ann. Right. You know, I mean, like, oh, man, it's just, this, this is a really great, this is another great time in our life.
2: Yeah.
0: And
1: all of a sudden, it, I mean, like me and you talked about it, so it's almost like you couldn't script this.
0: Yeah, it was like know? a movie, yeah. He, he comes yeah. back, he, and, he, like, he, he settles his scores and passes away the next day.
1: Yeah, and like, everything's great. And like, everything's great. Him and Vince, and like, everybody, I'm sure all the guys would just laugh and talking about all the silly stories and like, even the... Even the the guys he didn't get along with, like, oh, dude, I can't believe we, this is so beyond ridiculous. Yeah. we weren't talking for, like, 18 years, you know, I mean, or whatever, and go, and, and them actually laughing about it, you know what I mean? And now they're, like, they're they're best of friends. Mm hmm And all of a sudden, he's, like, you know, the next day, like, oh, man, I can't wait to get on with the next chapter of my life now. This is, like, so, this is such an exciting time. And it's, like, all positive, all, all on the upswing. Everything's positive, then. Then the good Lord needs him. It's like, crazy. Yeah. Unbelievable, man.
0: What was it about the Warrior that you liked back uh, back when you first saw him?
1: I just thought it was just so exciting, man. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? I mean? Between him running in the ring, the whole nine yards, and, you know, obviously his physique and everything like that, it just it, every, everything represented strength. Yeah. So I, I just thought it was beyond awesome.
0: You know what I liked about him was uh, we came out, I think it was about, let's say, 88, for example, maybe 89, whatever it was. I always love the fact that he had hair like a rocker and not like a mullet. Like everybody had mullets back then, but he had hair like, you know, like Cliff Burton or, or, you know, like, like Ozzy or. Yeah.
1: Yeah. He had the full length hair. Like, yeah. Roads or whatever. Yeah. Totally.
0: He was like, you know, that was the, that was like the metal guy. You know what I mean? And then plus, you know, his physique was so amazing. He definitely stood out. But uh, that was, I
1: mean, well put it, put it this way. I mean, I guess if you have to equate it to music, mm-hmm. I guess when the warrior came on, it was almost, I guess it would be like the, if you had to make an analogy, like, you know, the hoaxer and everything like that, with like Led Zeppelin and everything like that, you know. And I mean, yeah. Like, and then when Warrior came out, just like how when Randy and Eddie came out and everything like it was just like it was a changing of the guard. Mm-hmm. I mean, it was just like the new, like new, insane, exciting guitar playing you've never heard before, and you and you could actually feel it in the air that it was like this is a new era has has arrived, and and it's just like you know not a passing of the torch. It's just like there's a the new era is here. Mm-hmm. The pointy guitars, the stripes on the guitar, <laughs> yeah. the whammy bars—you know the Floyd Rose—is here. Like it's just like guitar has is gone to another level. You know what I mean?
0: Yeah, yeah, totally, totally. You, you got <laughs> that. You got that vibe with him for sure, without a doubt. You know. Before we wrap up, I, you—you're I, you're always a, a funny guy. You got a lot of uh, great uh, catchphrases of your own. I call them Zachisms. I'm going to read them out to you, and I want you to explain what they mean to you, okay? <laughs> S- <laughs> submarine.
1: Uh, submarine would be the tour bus. Because so, with with Black Label, you know, with uh, our love for the military, and then my dad being a World War II vet, so obviously if we're, we were traveling by plane, that would be Air Force, and obviously when, when we're on water, you know, taking a ferry, it's the Navy, and when we're in the obviously in the tour bus because it's a tube like a submarine, so it's, it's the <laughs> Black Label nuclear sub.
0: Okay. The warden
1: warden would have to be the immortal beloved so you know like like put it this way with me and me and the boss and the guys back in the day uh we had names for you know all our wives and girlfriends so it was like i had the warden some of the guys had the governor the sentinel the first power
0: <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I had the principal you had the warden and i had the principal yeah right. okay how about a fiddle
1: the fiddle would happen to be the guitar
0: ah, the famous guitar uh time to make the donuts
1: it's time to get off the couch and get to work, and so we can pay the bills.
0: <laughs> Which comes from that TV commercial from the 70s, right? Oh, yes,
1: Dunkin' Donuts. Yes, and, <laughs> yes. World runs on Dunkin', and yes, it's time to make the donuts. Time to get your ass in gear and get to work.
0: <laughs> time to make the donuts. Now, this, uh, is a, this is a new one. You just started use, using this a couple years ago where you'll, uh, you'll call me and say, Hey, Father Chris, what's going on? Or Father Dario or Father Blasco. Where did the father come from?
1: Well, you know, when we had the the order of the black, you know, you know, the order of the black, the black label order, and everything like that. Yeah. I go, yes, it, it's Zach. What is the order? What is the black label order? I go. It's it's a religion. It's a very and I go. Yes, we're all confused. Really, nobody knows what's going on. And <laughs> you know, I go. But everyone seems to be happy. But the whole thing is, uh, no, because I'm Catholic. So the whole thing is the 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 running joke would always be, you know. Any of our buddies that are Jewish and stuff like that, I go, you know, like Adam, who engineers the records. He's, you know, our favorite rabbi, Irish Catholic rabbi engineer. So, you know, it's just like, and once again, nobody knows what's going on, but we all seem to be happy. But, I mean, but the whole thing is, uh, yeah, it's just, it's just because I'm Catholic, and that's just a run of jokes. So it's just Father this, Father that. You
2: right. Know,
1: so. And then, you know, our love for all our guitar players that we love and musicians. So obviously anyone who's passed away has obviously gone into sainthood. So you have St. Rhodes you know, St. Hendrix and stuff like that. So then you have, you know, and obviously Jimmy Page is even past, uh he's not, he's not even a guitarist anymore. He's his own religion anyways. But, I mean, it's just like <laughs> he's the pontiff. You know, you have Pope Page. You know what I mean? So, you know. Then, Which is like, a step I mean, above court, Saint. Yeah so that's just the the running
0: joke we got. <laughs> you mentioned Saint uh, Saint Dime a few times. Uh, such a obviously we all miss him every day, but I mean, just just such a great guy, Dimebag Daryl, man. You guys, I always love that that cover of the Guitar World with you and Dime with the camouflage on. I think it was out at Dime's house. I mean, you, you, it must have been. Uh, you must have had some good times with Dime.
1: No, but I, I mean, put it this way: like everyone always asks, like, what was Dime like in mean, the I, I mean, like. uh just as a human being, like one of the most beautiful cats you would ever want to meet, just because uh he always loved people being happy like mm-hmm. around him like, you know, he's just always a giving person, so I mean like he'd rather give than take, mm-hmm. so I mean the whole thing is like he loved buying everybody guitars, getting hooking people up with gear, this and that, and then just like uh and just seeing the reactions on their faces when they'd open up a case and stuff like that, and it'd just be blown away mm-hmm. like you don't even know what to tell you, man you know so I, like. He loved that and and he loved living man. and I mean that that's the whole thing with him. He just like when he walked into a room, the life force that was with him, it was just like a ray of sunshine.
2: Mm-hmm. And it was
1: just like uh like no matter if you had a crappy day or whatever, you like he he was like, you know, Blutarski and, and in House. just like oh, no, when the Germans, you know, when the Germans bomb Pearl Harbor, did we dip up there? was just like let him keep going, man. You know, it's just like you know, he goes, Look at all you saps, he goes, Everybody's all depressed. He goes, What is everyone bummed out for? you know, so He'd he'd want to cheer you up. I mean the best thing would be when when he'd be partying with people who would be at a bar and it'd be like, You know Joe hasn't had a drink in eight years.
2: <laughs> he's an eight <laughs>
1: guy time like, would have this guy pounding black tooth and drinking just because he's so so charismatic and so so enthusiastic for the task at hand of everyone having a good time. You know, it's just like it's like dude so <laughs> no drinking for you know he's an aA guy
0: <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> well it's all right he can be off today it's no problem <laughs>
1: oh my god, dude i mean but yeah i mean whenever you were around him it was always nothing but nothing but fun though
0: mm, great guys last question what's your favorite song to play live uh nowadays
1: um well, obviously we're having a blast playing some of the uh the new stuff on album. Mm. i mean i think it's always that i think with i think with, with all, all bands or any artists. I, I think if you, you know, because obviously your staple songs. I mean, uh, that you, you're playing. I mean, like even with Oz. I mean, we're, when we started playing No More Tears or whatever back when we did that album, it was just like
2: mm-hmm.
1: it was fun playing like Mama or um, uh, you know, trying some of the new ones. So, but you know, but then again, whenever I've been playing with the Boss, you know, and we play Mama, I'm coming home again. You know, I still love you love playing them. You know what I mean? Yeah. Even though they're older songs now, but I mean, uh, yeah, I. Like you said, I, I I love playing. I mean, all of them are are killer. Like when we play "Stillborn" in the set, mm-hmm, now, yeah. I, I still, I still love playing that song. So I mean, uh, I don't think any of it gets old. You know, what I mean, and especially and but not only that, they all they just feel like an old pair of Levis. You know, what I mean. Yeah, awesome.
0: sure, sure. What, what's your favorite Randy Rhodes solo?
1: Um, I remember hearing the first year I'm hearing "Over the Mountain."
0: Oh that, yeah,
1: that was pretty like mind blowing. I was just like it looks like oh my god how could anyone play that cast and this and that you know what i mean it was just i mean and like those records were so monumental to me i mean you know because i was i would always say man zach the beatles was such a magical time zach Because when they were around it was just magical in the in the air zach and i was like it's funny because like i, I told told I go like blizzard and diary especially diary i go were like that's what they were to me. Right. You know I mean? And and the Sabbath records, you know what I mean? Like, I'd come home from school, and the first thing I do, go in my room, and I'd I crack my Sabbath records. And obviously, when Randy, you know, started with Ozzy, and that's when I first started playing, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So it's like, so those albums were, like, really hugely monumental for me. Like, whenever I hear those records, I, I feel like I'm 14 years old again. So yeah,
0: you know well, I mean? absolutely, absolutely. As is, is big as uh, Sabbath is going, as big as Black Label going, if your schedule's worked out, do you think you'd play with Ozzy again?
1: Well, I think, well, yeah, I mean, you know, obviously we did the Ozzy and Friends thing with mm-hmm. Slash, uh, you know, Gus is obviously the guitar, I'm, I'm buddies with Gus, and he's a good bud, and aside and to being a phenomenal guitar player. Sure. But, uh, but the whole thing is, um, yeah, I mean, we got together and got up and jammed. and I put a bunch of turns at the ball, so it's, like I said, I, my relationship with him is, hey, hey, Zach, can you do me a favor, can you go get some milk and eggs and when you're on the your way over? It's <laughs> just like Oz, oh, whatever you need, man, so... But, um, yeah, like I said, I mean, Mom, you know, she's been my mother since I've been nineteen years old, basically, so you know, so right that's all my relationship with them, but I, like, yeah, if I wanted, I know we're doing some shows with Sabbath and Alice over in Europe. We're doing a bunch of gigs over there, so right. yeah, you never, you never know, man, I mean, Oz told I me mean, exactly, I want you to get a jam on
0: this with it's like, all right, no problem, yeah, he's always there, well, I mean, catacombs of the Black Vatican, the new black label record debuted at number five on the uh, overall 200, but number one on the rock album charts. Couldn't happen to a, a sexier guy, man. I'm glad you are able to come hang out with me today, man. I appreciate Thank it. Thank
1: you, Father Christopher. Thanks for having me on my show. I'm on your show over there, my brother.
0: All right, man. We'll see you on the road uh, at some point, and we'll drink some O'Douls and slap each other's bums. Yeah.
1: We'll get fake wasted, but, you know, that, that once the glue kicks in, we'll be right back to where we were before our... <laughs> Our pants will wake up in the morning with our pants around our ankles and not knowing what happened.
0: And the Viagra just kicking in. <laughs> good time. <laughs> Thanks, brother. Love you, man. Be safe. Right.
1: Love you, Father Chris. I'll talk to you in a
0: bit, my brother. Sounds good, man. Hi, buddy. So, for those of you who've been asking lately, yes, I am doing DDP yoga on the Fozzie Tour Bus. I just did the stand up DVD, the stand up workout the other day in the back lounge. And then I also did the strength builder workout in my dressing room. Don't need a lot of room, it's perfect for when you're on tour. And it looks like I'm not the only one of you into DDP yoga. John Cunningham, AKA at Kraken Dragon on the Twitter. And a fan of Talk is Jericho tweeted, Max Pack arrived from DDP Yoga. Listening to Talk is Jericho gave me the motivation to get healthy. I am in your debt. Hey, I know, I know the feeling I'm in DDP's debt. Actually going to have a very special Talk is Jericho with DDP and another special guest coming up very, very soon. But listen. No debt. I'm just glad you're on board. And so is Paige. So is DDP. I can't say it enough. DDP yoga is an amazing workout program for all ages and all fitness levels. It changed my life. It made me healthier and in better shape than I've ever been ever at this point in my life right here, right now. It's easy on the joints. It builds strength and flexibility, and it's really good for your heart. People, your heart will be thanking. It'll be saying, hey, hey, Kraken Dragon, thanks for being there. This ain't your mama's yoga. Remember that. This is not like any other type of yoga that anybody's ever seen. Someone says, do you know how to do the uh, uh, Bartholomew pose? I'm like, "Nope. All I know how to do is the pose that DDP showed me on DDP yoga. It's a great cardio workout. It's a great isometric workout. It's a great mental and physical workout. Because you listen to my show, here's the deal. You can get a great, 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 great special offer on the Max Pack. A great deal on the Max Pack. 15 workouts. You get a nutrition guide. Yeah, you get recipes, oh yeah, and a poster to help you remember the 12 core positions of DDP Yoga, which you need. You got to learn the 12 core positions, first and foremost. You can even download the MP3s, you can work out whenever and wherever you want. DDP is making it as easy as possible for all of you to get in shape and stay in shape, more importantly. Go to ddpyoga slash jericho to take advantage of a special offer only available to you guys. My amazing talk is Jericho listeners. That's ddpyoga.com slash jericho. But this offer is not going to last forever. I'm warning you. Warning, warning, warning. Go to ddpyoga.com slash jericho to take advantage of it now. That's ddpyoga.com slash jericho. Feel the bang. This this is Talk is Jericho. Thanks to Zach Wild for doing the show. What a great interview. Such a cool guy. Go check out Catacombs of the Black Vatican. If you want to buy it, make sure you use my Amazon link. You can use it not only when you buy uh, CDs or or MP3s, but every time you do your online shopping as well. It's really easy to find. Go to podcast1.com. Do it. Click on Keep Our Podcast Free. Do it. It's at the top of the page of the banner. Then click on talk as Jericho and you'll see all three of my Amazon links in the UK, in the US and in Canada. eh? Every time you do that, Amazon kicks back a little cash to the show so we can keep doing this for you for free twice a week. No extra fees. No extra hidden charges. You're just getting your shopping done, and you're helping me out in the process. As a matter of fact, go to the podcast1.com website. Click on Keep Our Podcast Free. Hit Amazon and go check out the new Fozzy song, Lights Go Out. It's hitting the charts with a vengeance. Definitely our biggest song we've ever had in our career. Thank you for listening to it. Thank you for buying it on iTunes. Thank you for buying it on Amazon as an MP3. If you haven't heard it yet, here's your chance. Coming up right here, right now, this is Fozzie with Lights Go Out. Crank it up! You like it hit me up at talk is jericho on the twitter ah, let me know what you think about lights go out what you think about talk is jericho what you think about the michael jackson hologram controversy and what you think about me your your intrepid host got a lot more great shows coming up including this friday rob zombie how huge is that rob has a new book a new dvd he's touring the nation plus he's got a new movie coming out it's gonna be all music metal horror movies 70s sitcoms wrestling zombies a big wrestling fan we got all that stuff at home much more on friday you don't want to miss out come check us out thank you so much for being here and we'll see you on friday stay hard stay hungry peace love and hugs see you friday and a fine year, boy you can download new episodes of talk is jericho every wednesday and friday at podcastone.com that's podcastone.com